Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It's post-WrestleMania. But we're here to talk about your AEW review. It's me, your boy, Big Tasty. As always, I am joined once again by Jay Luft. How's it going, Jay? I'm all right. I'm just fucking sick of wrestling now. (laughs) Don't need to do wrestling for like another year. I've been so thoroughly sports entertained this weekend that I don't think I want to ever be sports entertained again. I never want a sports entertainment ever. (laughs) Well, I'm in and amongst the, I would say, smorgasbord of sports entertainment offered up by WWE. There was some excellent wrestling happening in other places. Um, obviously, we've talked about the collective on our new show. But before we dive yeah. into Dynamite and Rampage, it's probably best we talk a little bit about Supercard of Honor. Obviously, Tony Khan owns Ring of Honor. This was the first show of the Tony Khan era. It felt very much like a, a transitional show, like a, a sort of it's going from it, what Ring of Honor used to be to what maybe towards what Tony Khan might want it to be. It certainly felt like a Supercard of Honor show. Supercard of Honor normally being like Ring of Honor's like WrestleMania weekend show where they don't just have Ring of Honor talent. They've got talent usually from Mexico, uh, Japan. And while he did have like, obviously Suzuki was on there and Bandido was there, it was largely kind of a showcase for up-and-coming guys. A couple of the old guard were there. And obviously like a lot of AEW guys who were going to be, I assume, working quite frequently for Ring of Honor as well when they get back in the groove of things. Yeah, it felt a little bit like a watershed moment. Like maybe they were there was mm-hmm. gonna be some passing of the torch. Like there were there were some long standing champions who lost titles. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think that's I mean I, I was kind of trying to discussing it with uh, Troy because he was like, oh it seems a bit off the Tony Khan's just like giving all his guys the belts and like well it's his company. <laughs> there's every possibility that the guys that he's like the guys who were holding the belt in were, were not necessarily guys he wanted to sign or guys who he just hadn't come to an agreement with Adelia so yeah it makes sense to put the belts on people you have under contract I suppose and uh, nowhere was this more apparent than when Wheelie Uther beat Josh Woods for the Pure Championship yeah and was Although, then immediately announced as uh, having signed yeah, a full felt- yeah. An all league contract, yeah, which was pretty pretty good good night for Will Uther. Yeah. I, I get the impression though that like Uther winning that belt kind of also part of like progressing his story with Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. He's gonna uh, hopefully, it, it, hopefully, it, it, hopefully it, it, he'll come on Dynamite this week and wave it in Daddy Regal's face. Just slap Danielson with it. Um, <laughs> <remember this. laughs> um yeah, I, I mean hopefully um as well, like there was a lot of kind of things on this cards, which we'll we'll quickly touch on in a moment, that would almost directly affect what's going to happen on Dynamite or Rampage this week. Yeah, well, probably the the biggest. Well, it's one one. It's, there were two real main points we need to discuss. One, 
almost certainly um, the match of the weekend for the whole WrestleMania weekend across all promotions was the Briscoes versus FTR. Um, we talked about it on the news. It's, uh, it's, it's it's my match of the year so far. It's absolutely right up there with yes. one, of the, one of the best tag matches I've ever seen. Um, the, the upshot of this is FTR are now the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, and they will be defending those belts against the Young Bucks on Dynamite. Yeah. Um... I'm intrigued as to whether FTR hot shot the belts to the books there or not. It would it would be a cool moment for the books, but also I kind of want FTR to like FTR are so hot right now though, you've got to, I think you kinda of gotta ride that a little bit. Yeah, I, I kinda of want FTR to basically do what Kenny was doing with like the belt collector thing, just like have them have them win the uh, AW tag titles back. Yeah. Have them keep all the triple A, have them have the ROH. Send them to Impact, get those pieces of shit off air, the good brothers <laughs> or whoever holds them these days. Um, yeah, just just have them do a belt collector tear. That'd be nice. Maybe yeah. put them in a maybe put them in a trio with Jonathan Gresham. He likes collecting belts as well. Oh uh, yeah, why not? Why not? Um, get Bret Hart into managing. Job done. You know yeah. that's and the other big bit of it, news. Foundation. The, the other bit, big bit of news that pertains. Oh, obviously Jonathan Gresham uh, beat Bandita to to win both. Uh, unified the titles and did say that Tony Khan did say that he wanted him to defend that belt on AW as well. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but the big news that pertains to Dynamite particularly is after the match um, Jay Lethal was beaten down on Gresham and after Moriarty couldn't quite get the save done Samoa Joe came out. Yeah, Jay Lethal turned all the way heel as well. Mm. Like he, 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 did, he did a kind of tease didn't he earlier in the show he, 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 did, like, he, did, he did a heel thing, but it was kind of like out of frustration because his shit finisher couldn't land. So, yeah, like he, so he, he low blowed Lee Moriarty and he looked conflicted after doing it. And then he looked, Matt Seidel got in his face, kicked his crutch away and like beat the shit out of him. And then he looked conflicted over that after Sunjay Duck came and calmed him down. A little shwagdy. Like, yeah, shwagdy. Uh, he came out like full, not full heel, but he was very like to Jonathan Gresham, like, I. If it wasn't for me, you'd be irrelevant, sort of thing. He was like, I was your mentor. I deserve the first shot at your title. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and then Joe came out and it was announced then not only is Mojo back in Ring of Honor, but Mojo is all elite and he will appear on Dynamite this week, which is just huge. You've now got Joe, Punk, and Danielson and Moxley all on the same roster. And I'm scared for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be, yeah, the whole thing. Uh, right, should we move on to actual AW before, uh, before we get to bog down? In Super- if anyone's not seen Supercard of Honor, by the way, and you're, you're in any way interested, go and watch it. It was phenomenal. Yeah. It Absolutely. One of my favorite shows I've seen all year. We had a fantastic time watching it on Friday, didn't we? It was, it was real good fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I... I remember saying actually at the end of the uh, pay per view, um, I was worried for Ring of Honor when they announced the hiatus. I was worried like whether they come back and they'd be like a watered down of what it was, or whether they come back and and to be fair, like before Tony bought it, like they'd announced a few matches which ended up being on the card anyway, and I was like, okay, that's that's a pretty pretty like state big statement of intent, and then Tony bought it. Um, and I was like, okay, well, this this changes everything. I'm glad that it 
immediately we got Briscoes versus or uh, FDR announced, and yeah, that just yeah. sent the numbers flying, didn't it? Uh, as, as we record this, we've literally just found out um, that Supercard wanted did over twenty thousand pay per view buys, which considering their yeah. previous like sort of good mark for a show was like around two k. Yeah, like uh, we were saying, uh, it was death before the summer of twenty nineteen, which was the last show before the pandemic, I believe. Yeah, did eight hundred. Did eight hundred. Um, in fact, no, it wasn't the last show. Um, but they basically like the shows they were doing before, like pre-pandemic, were drawing like sort of eight hundred to a thousand, uh, and obviously that's like a lot more than that. So yeah, it's, so it's, it's good to see Ring of Honor in rude health going forward, and hopefully this will help them sort of sort out their sort of planning for shows going forward. Like maybe there the TV deals, whether it's streaming deals, whether it's just more shows, it'll hopefully give them a really nice position to negotiate from, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I say, if they treat Ring of Honor like kind, kind of like the way Dark was getting treated, like as in like kind of the, the place they establish people before they go to like wrestling dynamite. Well, I'd say more so, not even that, like because Dark's like for people who aren't really ready for like big matches. Yeah, if this I, I is suppose, what, if, if this is more like. I'm trying to avoid saying NXT when I say it, I mean, not so much like development. <laughs> I'd say less developmental, more like, you know, when you have to rotate people off TV and they don't get to be on Dynamite for a bit. Yeah, that that's like, yeah. I mean, I can see it being almost like a second, like, lesser brand. Not, I don't mean lesser as in bad. I mean, lesser as in, like, obviously, it, I think Ring of Honor is going to struggle to get the exposure that Dynamite or Rampage gets just purely because of different TV deals. And it's whether... It, it, I think the balls in AEW's caught as to how much they want to promote Ring of Honor coming back to TV when it does. Um, I, I know Troy pitched something which I was fully on board with, which he'd he said he'd love to see. Um, because AEW only has four pay-per-views, he'd love to see Ring of Honor doing like four pay-per-views to fill in the gaps, kind of like NXT TakeOvers. Yeah, so um, maybe every other, so like in between each AEW one, like they have here, have like a, a Ring of Honor. Because yeah. there's like only really what Final Battle, Death Punch on a Supercard of Honor, and um, the other one, which best, I always forget. Best in the world. Best in the world, that's one, yeah. And also they do War of the Worlds, which I don't know whether they still do, but uh, in August, it's usually the week before All Out. Right. So, yeah, so there's, there's definite scope for them to... for them Because someone asked, there was a lot of questions in the media scrum, people asking about where would Ring of Honor fit in around AW. And, like, they were saying to, I think someone said... Would they consider doing like a, a show the weekend of an AEW show? So you had like the you know the whole weekend of wrestling. And Tony was saying he'd like to do that, but obviously it's tricky because they they have all the AEW stars there for the fan fest and stuff like that. And it's it, but it's something he'd look into. And whether or not I mean I, I really like the idea of maybe spacing it out so you've always got you only have like a month or so away from a show, which is kind of nice. Yeah, and like obviously they're doing the TV specials as well. Uh, Battle of the Belts is next week, isn't it? The week on Friday. Yes. So I wonder maybe, if uh, maybe Gresham will be on that. Yeah, I, 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 I get the impression that he's probably going to appear on Dynamite this week, if especially with like the whole Samoa Joe making the save for him. Yeah, I would be surprised if like even even if Joe acted like a kind of like almost like a manager for him for yeah. a bit. And only like, getting his hand dirty when he like fucking can, needs can to. We have, can we have Taz managing Joe while Joe manages Gresham? Yeah. 
I like that. But that being said, <laughs> Joe seems to be like fully ready to like want to be getting his hand dirty and like showing why he's still the fucking best. From what you were saying, he sounds he sound like he's ready to go in the ring, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he he wanted to. I don't know why WWE wouldn't clear him. And then when he came back, uh, he said that he'd like he dropped the NXT title due to having COVID, and he yeah. knew like obviously Brandon, so we didn't want to like have the belt away from the first show back. Um, it did feel like he got a bit of a rough deal near the end with like them kind of just wanting him to like retire become a trainer after having him retire and become a commentator um, I mean he looked he looked fucking great against the uh, Karrion Cross when he had that NXT title match so oh yeah I think there's no danger that Samoa Joe can still fucking go yeah he's still got some he's still um, got some left in the tank I know you're probably very excited about some of the horse fights he's going to be having. Oh, God, yeah. Joey Keith Lee. I mean, just put Joe and Punk back together again. Let them just go again. I, that's the one I really want. Joe, Joe vs. Danielson and Joe vs. Punk. Just just put that on one of the Ring of Honor pay-per-views and just let them go wild. Uh, right then, we'll move on to on to Dynamite then. Uh, the, the actual AW content for today's AW review. Yeah. Um, so we kick off uh, Dynamite with CM Punk versus Max Caster. Um, if, if, if you're looking at your watch and thinking, when is Max Caster going to make a Will Smith reference? Here we are. The, the strange never late. <laughs> I can't even uh, remember what he said. I'm going to slap you like you Chris you, Rock you, or something. I'm like Will Smith. I'll slap you if you're smiling. <laughs> uh, made a joke about Hunter Biden and cocaine. Um, because Punk's got messed up teeth, and his movies are the only way he'll ever go to sleep. Which he, he did. He did say Punk looked like a method, didn't he? Yeah. Which, uh, oh. Lady said he's the voice of the moistless. <laughs> and then he's gonna make him shit his pants like he's a CPAC. That that had me howl. <laughs> that would that absolutely <laughs> doubled up with that when he did that one. Yeah, Caster continues to be absolute money on the mic. Great. And this match was solid. It was pretty decent. Yeah, Max Caster's a really, like, I, I don't really like the term good hand, but he's a really good hand. He's like, a serviceable wrestler, isn't he? You, can just, you, you know. Put, you put him in a match, you, you, won't make, you won't make anything worse. You'll just be there yeah. and be fine. Either member of the acclaimed, you put them in a match, whether it's a tag match, whether it's a singles match, you know you're going to have a good match. Like, I mean, that said, Caster hit a fucking coast to coast. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing as well. Caster's like, I think Caster out of the two is the most underrated because we always go on about how good Bowens is. Yeah. And like the potential to be like a future world champion AEW. Well, so we, Caster. Talk, we talked about this the other week, didn't we? Like they, they booked them very differently as singles wrestlers. So Caster gets mm-hmm. like Keith Lee and Wardlow and Punk and Bowens gets like Darby Allen and Mox and like the matches where you can like show off a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, Bowens' match that he had with uh, Danielson last year was fucking awesome. Like yeah. I absolutely love that match. N- very narrowly missed out being on my uh, my list of matches of the year when we did that podcast. His match with Derby at the start of the year for me was that was an eye opener. That was like a real oh shit, yeah. Yeah, this guy's really good. Yeah, um, yeah. The, I I think the acclaimed are probably going to be tag champions at some point this year. Oh god, yeah. I mean, they're they're, they're, they're so over as well. well they're so well, fucking maybe in the next few years, but I feel like strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, I mean, they're that type of gimmick where they can. I mean, if they can keep making like those music videos like they did for Derby and Mox and Eddie Kingston, then you know the fans are never going to turn on them. They're always going to be beloved. Like that's just just so funny. Um, so Punk picks up the win with a pile driver, which Jr. called a tombstone, even though it wasn't. 
uh, into an Anacon device. Um, Max tapped out. I love how Punk's brought back the Anacon device over the last couple of matches. Yeah. He only really uses it against them. Um, against them. Um, like, guys who are, he's like, sort of, I'm trying to think of what the way now. Like, up-and-coming guys like Garcia. I think he used it against Moriarty, if I remember rightly. And Bowens. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I really, I, I like this whole sort of, like, punk against younger guys thing, though. Like, I know, it, I know fucking wrestling Twitter fucking hates it. Because they're like, oh, why are you doing that? <laughs> but it, it, it's the, the the thing is, you can't have Punk just come in after seven years and win the fucking world title, especially in a company that is kind of prides itself on its rankings and wins and loss records mattering. And it's long term booking as well. And it's long term planning. Like, yeah, Tony's always said he, he knew who the first three or four champions mm. were going to be in AW and then you presume he's got a plan that's sort of spiraled up from that don't you yeah I, I think um, I, I think as well that it's I mean you've just got to look at MJF now he feels like the most dangerous he's ever been and it's all because of that feud of punk um, Eddie Kingston felt like a much much bigger deal after the feud of punk than he did going into it yeah I, I feel like punk's like a really good not necessarily, not necessarily a gatekeeper, but like he's kind of like a good sort of like old guard to sort of like groom young talents against and like kind of fine tune them. Yeah, um, yeah. But I well, enjoyed this match a lot. Speaking of Punk and the title after the match, um, Tony interviews Punk and asks him about the title, and basically Punk said he will be. AW World Champion before his time in AW is over. So, he said he's I, not I think, I think well, he's the next champion. Yeah, it's looking, it's starting to look a bit like the the time's coming for, for Hangman. Like if Punk, Punk circling and doubling off, it could be, could be the time, couldn't it? Could be the moment. I think he's the next champion. I get the feeling that we might get a battle of the belts on the anniversary of Punk debuting. Oh, and you're, you'll take it there. I think MJF might take it there. MJF, all right. So, because Cole, Adam Cole's going to fight Hangman again at Battle of the Belts, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think I, I think that MJF's going to be the guy to the throne, Punk. Yeah, it makes well. I mean, I'd love him to. I'd love Punk to defend against Joe, for example. I think that's how you you do Joe v Punk. Yeah, yeah, but you can. The thing is, like, you can do that um, just quite easily. It's just like a, a either. What's, what's the specials? Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen, isn't it? Yeah. And is there another one they do between them? Actually, be Beach Break? Beach Break's around somewhere? Beach Break's January, isn't it? Have they done Beach Break? Have they just done Beach Break? What was the one where Malachi debuted? Was it Road Trip or some shit like that? Oh, that was Road Rager. But that was, Road that, was, Rager, that, yeah. that, was like, that was like a special one, though, because it was like the first show outside of Daily's Place, wasn't it? So. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like they'll do. I, I think I don't think they're gonna do Punk vs Joe on a pay per view as much as I think it makes the most sense. I, I feel like, I mean, they, they could do it on a Ring of Honor one. Yeah, oh god, yeah, yeah. You got to think could, like there's, there's Ring of Honor. You can put the AW title on the Ring of Honor show, no, if you really want to. 
and also it's like the kind of nicest like sort of homage that they could do to Ring of Honor is have Punk vs. Joe go again in a Ring of Honor ring. Yeah. Well, can you imagine the fucking pop as and punk? As, like the fucking pop and punk comes out in Ring of Honor. Yeah, exactly. Like as much as that's the thing, as much as much as like AEW should be thinking about, oh yeah, we can do Punk vs. Joe in AEW, that'd be amazing. I feel like the the romantic side of Tony Khan would be like yeah, but if Tony Khan wasn't a mass mark, they wouldn't even think yeah, about doing like, it. But but he is, so they probably will. Yeah, I mean, he, he talks frequently about his dad taking him to ECW shows, and like he grew up on Ring of Honor as well uh, when he was and New Japan when he was in university. And it's like, yeah, like this this guy fucking gets it. Yeah. Uh, right. Following on from that, then we had Marvez backstage with FTR and MJF. Um, I like that smart Mark Sterling was putting like legal notices up in the background, like showing the order was banned from the arena. They had them on the barricades at ringside, didn't they? Yeah. Because I was looking at them and then uh, Excalibur mentioned it in the punk match. He's like, oh yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're things to say Wardlow is not allowed in the building. <laughs> and this is kind of a weird promo because like MGF's just kind of plowing on as normal and like FDR are very, way, very, very flaky on the whole being heels thing, aren't they? They're sort of having thoughts. I was I was concerned about this at first because obviously like FTR were like yeah we they they've kind of very quickly turned face haven't they yeah like they've gone oh yeah well we don't want to be with Tully anymore and I I can't really I, it was the battle royal wasn't it where they kind of just flicked the switch yeah because they started feeling yeah. with the books and Red Dragon and like yeah yeah books and Red Dragon were kind of like fucking them about and um. I felt like it was almost too abrupt with them kind of being like that with MJF until uh, Cash and Dak said, well, Wardlow's our friend too. We don't like what you're doing to Wardlow. Yeah. And it's like, you're our friend, but he's our friend as well. Then MJF's like, yeah, but Wardlow used to talk shit about you all the time when you were here. Yeah. He's and trying, it's like, he's trying to like... You, could, you could see that. You could see that Dax and Cash were just like, nah, you're for Yeah, nah, miss. Nah. Not, not today, fam. Um, but yeah, I, I I do like that FTR are very gradually. Like I, I think they pretty much cemented it, didn't they, in the Bri- after the Briscoes match when they came and made the save. Yeah. For me anyway. That was like when it was like and I I, I think MJF's probably gonna address that on Dynamite this week and say, Why did you show them respect after the war you went through? Yeah. Quite possibly, yeah. Uh, right then, moving on. Next up, we had John Moxley versus future murder victim Jay Lethal. Uh, Moxley came out through the crowd as always. He had his Blackpool Combat Club hoodie on, very smart, available at Chop Aid. Yeah. Um, you get one of them. It looked to me, it looked real nice, didn't it? To be fair, yeah. The only problem is it has the word Blackpool on it. Mm, true, I think of that's... Ian Holloway, yeah, and Brexit. Um, <laughs> uh, this match was fucking great, though, on it. Jesus Christ. Um, if yeah, anyone, have any, if anyone have any sort of concerns about lethal in AEW, then here you go. I I so so I know fucking known Blair, Jim Cornette's been like shitting all over Lethal's book and saying, Oh, they've wasted them and all this. It's like they actually haven't. They've they've done like a really good, like slow build storyline, I think, with them. Yeah, and this well, his, his heel turn in Ring of Honor seemed earned because he was getting frustrated, like trying to do things the right way in AW and it wasn't working yeah, for him. Yeah, like it, especially because, like, obviously he, he cut that promo and he was like, you know, guys like Ricky Starks and Adam Cole, they keep getting better opportunities than me and I, I need to figure out why. 
and then when he figured out it's because they cheat. Yeah, it's like okay. Yeah, it makes the most sense. Um, and you, it, like especially, I like the fact that it's because he you, he did come in and he was trying to be like Ring of Honor, Jay Lethal, and he's like I'm an honourable champion, I'm an honourable man, and it's like, well, that's great, but they've got a lot of fucking baby faces like that already in AEW. Yeah, it's nice. He's, it's almost like he came in like not in storyline, like not knowing what he wanted to be, and he's, he's sort of like he sort of bounced around, and now he's sort of settling on this sort of persona. Uh, shout out to my favorite spot of the match here, which is when Lethal once again went for a shitty finisher, um, and Moxie just fucking snatched him out into a into a sleeper. Yeah, <laughs> which was fantastic. <laughs> it was, it was uh, unbelievable. Uh, that paradigm shift Mox hit on him as well was fucking vile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he um, I was I was straight down on top of his beam. Sent him back to Ring of Honor, literally. Uh, um, may- maybe that's why he turned heel. It's Mox he just power, uh, paradigm shift all the good at him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally this is this, this was a great match. It really, I mean, it, it was a big, it was a good long match. It went like eleven minutes. Um, for the most part, lethal hung in with Moxley. I mean, Moxley was never really in grave danger I don't think of losing but mm. lethal lethal was hard to put away and I think it really elevated him as well um because Moxie's like one of the guys in AW isn't he and like if, if you can hang with Moxie then yeah. you're, you're all right I think I think Jay Lethal's gonna be getting a bit more like as I say this this heel then at Supercard of Honor they're absolutely gonna address it on dynamite they're absolutely gonna like have because it, it was it was two AW guys in that match as well. Yeah. And I believe was it the only match where it was two AW guys? It was wasn't it? Um, yes. Signed it. So, like I mean, signed AW people. Obviously, yeah. Willow and Mercedes were both AW, but Willow's not signed, unfortunately. Yeah. Yet. Soon. 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 Sign Willow Nightingale. She's fucking excellent. Um, she's awesome. She's awesome. She's brilliant. I love her. Um, but yeah, back to this. I'd like the. I like the fact that, like, and we were talking about it last week, weren't we? Like, but before knowing what we know now, um, it was like it does feel like Jay Lethal's going to turn heel. Yeah. Or, or the other thing I thought was maybe he's going to go back to being Black Machismo because the whole story was that his finisher was shit, whereas he was putting people away with the elbow drop. I mean, he was doing he was doing matchman impressions on BTA last week. So he was he was he was. Um, but I, I'm glad that they didn't go for Black Machismo because I feel like that's just kind of a little bit... It feels like an impact thing, doesn't it? Like, leave that in TNA. Well, like, like, they did it at all in, didn't they? And that was, like, a nice little sort of... And that was because they did the storyline in on BTE where, like, Jay was getting, like, the Macho Man glasses and the, all the other stuff. Yeah. And Danny Poffo kept showing up and, like, telling them to just embrace it. <laughs> um, and it, it was just, like, a nice one-off. And I, but I think that's what it should be like now, like just like a one-off. Like if they do, I know Impact do the, um, their version of like Southport where it's like a, a retro 80s show. Um, and it's just it's just like a one-off thing in its own like separate universe. If AEW would ever do something like that. Yeah. I think that's the perfect time for Jay Lethal to come, to come in and do it. But I don't want to see him just doing Black Machismo again because I feel like it ran its course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I feel like this is the first time he's probably been healed, isn't it? Ever. Yeah. To my knowledge, um, he was always like the sympathetic baby on, face. On screen. Yeah. Um, well, well. <laughs> um, but 
yeah, like th- this is the first time he's he's like he, even when he's had because he said on uh, Rick of Honor, he said in Ring of Honor, um, over the weekends, like even when he's been heelish, he's always been like shown shades of grey as opposed to being full yeah. go to the dark side, Just full bastard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, next up then we had a little vignette for Marina Shafir, who's going to be facing Jade Cargill as her thirtieth opponent. Yeah, she looked good. Uh, yeah, they, they this 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 vignette did more to build her up than the two years of being in NXT. The the thing is though, like when she was in NXT, like I remember Meltzer saying all the time that they don't think her and Jasmine Duke were ready. Yeah, and then I, from what I've seen of Marina Shafir, she looks fucking ready. Yeah, <laughs> she well, looks, also you've got to think with her husband being Roderick Strong, she's got like a. She's got like twenty four seven access to like the mind of like an amazing wrestler. Yeah, like if if she have, if she ever like has something there, she's like, I- I'd like to know a bit more about this. She can just ask him, and it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say twenty four seven. Presumably, presumably, Roddy will call Adam Cole up like most evenings. I, I mean, I'm yeah. I mean, like the fact that like she she's you know married to him, she's got his phone. I was, number. I, I was taking the piss. Yeah, <laughs> like, I love you. I love Roddy Strong. He's just a yeah. yeah. I love, 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 love you, Roddy. Uh, right, then moving on, uh, we've got FTR. One day, will we? Um, he, I mean, it's only a matter of time. He's, he's in, he's in the UK now. He's slipping down a ladder. Yeah, like he came back. He came back to two point um, yeah. Right. Next up, yeah, then. Uh, FTR. Also, um, oh, sorry. Before we move on to FTR, I was on. just going to say about Marina Shafir. Also, I haven't seen it yet because I'm, I'm still yet to watch Bloodsport. That will be tonight, probably. Um. Apparently, from what Troy was telling me, Marina Shafir's match on Bloodsport was fucking banging. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I mean, so go check yeah. that out. She, I mean, she is like a legitimate MMA fighter. So, you know, she, that's like her wheelhouse, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to see what type of match she has with Jade because I think this is this is a totally different type of opponent for Jade. And it's going to be interesting to see how they book it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Right then, moving on to the next match was FTR versus the Ass Boys. That is Colton Ass and Austin Ass. Yeah, with the legendary Billy Ass. With Billy Ass standing as master of ceremonies. Um, so MGF came out um, on commentary, which was yeah, yeah kind of cool. Uh, his first um, his first line was, we used to say, where's Waldo? And now we're saying, where's Wardlow? <laughs> MGF was, like, fucking brilliant on commentary. Like, I, I love the fact that Excalibur, before he'd even got on commentary, was like, oh, God. Yeah. I was like, I can only apologise for what you're about to have to sit through, uh, listeners at home. And then MJF joins them on the commentary team. Um, I love the tone. He was just like, every time MJF was go, like getting outraged by like the ass boys cheating. And uh, MJF was like, I mean, FDR on the pinnacle, we're good, honourable people. And I, I just love the whole, the whole like dynamic he had with all the commentators. Yeah. Uh, so the weird thing about the well, not the weird thing, but the, the interesting thing about this match was FTR worked face like quite 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 obviously. Yeah, it, it was. I think I mean they, they definitely would. I, I feel as if Supercard of Honor kind of supercharged that face then into happening, but I definitely feel like they were already kind of. Well on the way to it, Wendy. Like seeing FTR hit a hot tag just feels weird. They're so good as faces, though. Yeah, they like... are. They, they, they really did. It. I mean, it's it's a testament to not only how good they are, but also how good the Gungle Bar being like 
cocky prick heels. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love that. Um, like, FTR have largely worked heel, haven't they, throughout the career? Yeah. Um, they did have a little babyface run in AEW before they turned full heel and murdered um, the Young Bucks. Yeah, when they uh, came I, in, they actually came in to make the save, didn't they, for the debut? They came in in the truck to like yeah. stop them getting beat down. And then that that was all building for that Young Bucks match, wasn't it? Where they were like, well, no, sorry, Hangman Kenny, wasn't it? Where they turned heel. Yeah. Um, I I like I really like the fact that um they they're kind of showing just how good they are by being able to wear both face and heel just just as good. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And see, a match of series were fun, like good tag team stuff. Um, Asplos working heel, FTR working face. Towards the end of the match, Wardlow just appears in the concourse. Yeah. And just murders about nine security guards. Throws a security guard, he literally threw him. Like, like he, it wasn't like he dumped him in the bin. Like, he threw him and he just landed <laughs> head first yeah. into the bin. It was like that fucking perfect. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, one guy I got to threw that fella into the ceiling that one time. Like, it looked like it wasn't <laughs> meant to happen, but it just worked. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun times. Um, yeah, one guy goes through a table. And then he sort of makes his way down the steps. Um, MGF basically tells more security to swarm him. And they, they literally stop him, don't they? Like just before he gets to the to like the barrier. Yeah, like he he, he was getting he was like get he was getting to the barrier on the ramp, wasn't he? Yeah. And then they get him and they're just like they're escorting him out the building on the like by the ramp. MGF was like kind of cowering behind like <laughs> JR at this point. Um, but saying I'm not scared. And then uh, as as all like that's nonsense is happening, FTR managed to hit the uh, hit the big rig and uh, yep. pick up the win. On Austin, was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, a fun match. Um the gun club are kind of decent, aren't they? You know, they've, they've very very quietly gotten quite good at being a tag team. Yeah, Colton in particular, really every time I see him, I'm, I'm like fucking hell, like he's you can tell he's Billy's good. Yeah. Because he can do the drop kick. He looks the spit of him. Um, and he's, I, I think he's going to be like the one who, if there's a breakout out of the two, he's got, it's going to be Colton, isn't it? Yeah. After the match, MVF comes down to congratulate FTR. Dax just shoves him away. doesn't want anything to do with him. And then they basically say that Wardlow isn't their business. And a big FTR chant breaks out for the crowd as well. Yeah. Nice. I love that they were shouting at MJF. We told you to keep us out of the ship. Yeah. That was cool. They just want to do tag team stuff, mate. They, they don't care about none of their shit. Yeah. I I think... Do you, do you reckon Brett's going to debut with them this week, then? Possibly. Or do you think they're going to save it for, like, when they fully leave the pinnacle? When they leave the pinnacle? Mm, maybe. Maybe. It might be a little too early. I think they've got to, like... They've got to encounter some sort of problem first, and then, like, Brett I mean, the guy they bring in to, like, help overcome it, maybe. It, did you see um, what Mikey Rook has tweeted this afternoon? Yes. About the Owen Hart music. Yeah. So it's got to be soon. I, I mean, I, I, I imagine that probably if Brett and Martha can put the differences behind one another, which I assume they probably will now, there's something that's actually honouring Owen because yeah. that was what they were kind of arguing about. Um, 
I imagine that Brett and Martha are probably going to be like giving their own trophies to the winners. Yeah. Um, it'll be cool to see. Well, it'd just be cool to see Brett Hart doing anything because he's fucking awesome. But it'd be cool to see him as a manager in particular because I don't. I think that's one thing where we've never really seen him doing that kind of thing before. Like we know he's we know he's a good talker. And he's a fucking great man for the business. I feel like he could probably be like what Arn Anderson was to Cody yeah. for them. Yeah, fair. Um, we had a brief soundbite next with Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee. Yeah, really good, really good mic work from Hobbs. Like, nothing you really recognize him for. Hobbs is like quietly becoming the guy to watch, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Like, did you see what he said about um, about Punk? Where his um, match of Punk. No, not about his match with Punk, just Punk in general. Where oh, Punk's no. kind of like, after his match with Punk, Punk took him under his wing. And like, whenever Hobbs has a match, Punk sits down and watches it back with him and like, kind of like runs him through it. Like, oh, nice. bit by bit. Um, and he's really like, I mean, the, the team that Hobbs has got around him to like, kind of improve him. He's got like guys like Ricky Stark, who's an amazing talker. He's got Taz, who's just fucking incredible. He's got Punk, who's like, kind of a well-oiled machine at everything. I think he's got Paul White who's helping him with, like, the big guy stuff as well. Yeah. Like, this guy, like, it, it's mad to think how much, like, this guy's being given to succeed, and it's lovely to see as well. Yeah, he's, and he's improved so much as well. I mean, he was never bad, but Jesus Christ, he's gotten a lot so much better. When he came into AEW, it was like, this guy has the potential to be really good if, like, they, if they don't fuck him up. And it's good to see that they're doing everything they can to not fuck him up. Yeah. That's, yeah, that that's that's what makes me really excited about seeing a guy like Hobbs because it's like him and Wardlow seem like the two guys they're really going to like be like moving up to like the upper echelon next. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then next up we have the Jericho Appreciation Society. They were backstage. Um, first of all, what the fuck is Daniel Garcia wearing? Don't worry about it. <laughs> he looks like absolute. He looked at show in, in the best possible way. We were in a tank top, dress pants, and a Kangol bean like uh, flat cap. Just, oh. I, I mean, um, I, I love the fact that 2.0 and Daniel Garcia have just got more and more ridiculous with their outfit choices. Yeah. <laughs> but also, each one's different to them. So obviously, like Big Magic's got like the leather jacket and the jeans. All white, just, obviously. Like, well, it was all silver this week. Yeah. But he's still got those really obnoxious bright red shoes on. <laughs> and Angelo Parker, as he's called nowadays. Cool hand Ange. Like, cool hand Ange has got like his a uh, leaning into the sort of like Italian stereotype a bit more. He's got like the uh, the pants with the braces and the shirt. Yeah. Uh, slick back. Um yeah, I, I I as I say, Jericho and Hager part of this I don't really like, but I love the two point and uh, Daniel Garcia side of it. So they do this, they, they repeat the spot they did the other week, don't they? Where like Matt, Matt's looking like backstage for Kingston and FD and uh, Brian yeah. Barvel and it's like, oh, they're not this, they're not here. And then like JK goes to look the other side and they are there and it's fucking brilliant. Jesus Christ, the fucking um, the thingy, the ball in the sock thing. Yeah. Like Santana hit, oh, not Santana, Ortiz hit Hager right between the eyes with that. Yeah, he absolutely. And it made an audible way. thud. Um, the, the blackjack yeah. yeah that's it uh, um, yeah, so they have they have a big fight don't they they get they get out to the ring huge pop already when he comes out through the ring entrance with um 
with Goss. Is that Goss here? Um, it was Jericho. Jericho, yeah. That, Jericho nearly gets a street sweeper, but um, Parker and Hager make the save. And then they sort of take over. Garcia puts Kingston in a sharpshooter. Um, Jericho hits everyone with Floyd and then whips Eddie with his belt. And that's it. They, they sort of just Jericho Appreciation Society stand tall. It's just a numbers game. Isn't it? Wonder, they, just, they, just have, they just have more guys. I wonder who's going to like even the numbers. I'm quite intrigued about that because I don't know who it's going to be. Because I mean, Eddie's fight. Eddie's fighting with Jericho. Then you've got Santana and Ortiz sort of fighting they, they, with. They don't really have any other friends, do they? Like immediately. No, because Sammy distanced himself from all of it, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and he's too busy, you know, doing the sex. Um, just get homicide back. Right? Homicide's a shout, and he's a ring of honor OG. Yeah. Although he's a bit busy with NWA at the moment, I think he's signed with them. Um. I suppose they, they could get some just ring of honor guys, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah, they could just get um, Mariotti's got like the sort of like long standing feud with Garcia, hasn't he? Yeah, Mariotti, maybe Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel's injured, didn't he? Yeah, well, when he comes back, we'll be back soon. Uh, and next need, up, then... oh, actually, could always get Swerve and Keith Lee if they're done with yes. their team time. Why not? Why not? Because Keith Lee can just bounce Hager into Warbeth. Yeah. That'd be fine. Uh, right, next up then, uh, Jake Cargill getting the feud with Small Mark Sterling. Uh, basically, it's coming to a 30th opponent. Um, I, I Mark, Sterling, like Mark Sterling, like, I found you an opponent. It's the librarian, Eva Bates, and she comes in all dead excited. And Jay's like, no, fuck this. No, it's, no she's not. She ain't worth it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, love the, I love the way he's like, oh, there's the other option. And Jay's like, who? And he's like, uh, Marina Shafir. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I really, um, I, I just fucking love Mark Stale and he's so entertaining, isn't he? I love his little BT bits where he's like the only undefeated wrestling lawyer. Have you seen him on, um, oh, yeah, when he, when he, uh, he has the thing where his mouth's open and his head pops up. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen him on Danhausen's vlog? Yeah, where Danhausen's like convinced that him and like when he's not in a suit aren't the same person. Yeah, <laughs> Mark Stale and a Mike podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that much that much should be real fun. Isn't it? I can't. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Did you say when it was? Uh, next. I think it's, when, it's this week. Is it this week? Is it rampage? Possibly. Right. We're either rampage or dynamite this week. Maybe. Maybe rampage. Um. Anyway, next on then we have Brian Danielson versus Wheeler Uther. Right. Why does Regal only come out for Danielson's matches? Is is Danielson the favorite? Yeah, like he's kind of established that, hasn't he? Like he's he's like he gushes over Danielson as like his favorite boy, and then he's like, and I've got Mox who's just unpredictable. Yeah, but I think like he, he also like gives Mox like a wide berth. I think he's a little scared of him. Yeah, like he knows Mox is a fucking lunatic. Just leave him to it. Just just let him let him do it. Let him do his murders. Um, but yeah, I, I think as well, like because this kind of like carries on the story of them recruiting Utah. Yeah, and, um, and Danielson, Danielson work that sort of heelish style where he's a little bit more disrespectful and arrogant in this match, didn't he? Where he's like sort of a little bit. Yeah, you you said was very more much more like aggressive than he has been though. Yeah, this is definitely and a he, different Utah we're he, seeing here. 
yeah, he even carried that over to his match with um, Josh Woods, didn't he, as well? Yes. He was hyper-aggressive in that match at times. He was, I mean, he was going on the offensive quite a lot. against And Josh Woods is, is a beast of a man. Josh he Woods was, is like, like a baby gorilla. He was taking the um, he was taking the fight to Woods like a lot of the time he was inskating a lot of the the aggression, which is good to see. But yeah, this match was really fun. Um, Danson hit a gox style power driver and then a fucking disgusting crossface for the win. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was really good. Another love, really it was a really I good by Utah. The the best part of this match for me, as far as the um, the sort of. Uh, story progression goes was as Danielson was like setting Uter up for like the stomps on the head Uter spat in his face yeah and then Danielson just stomps the living shit out of him elbows the living shit out of him does a murder with a pile driver and then just fucking locks in the label lock while headbutting Uter in the back of the head at the same time because he's a horrible human being um yeah I I I, I get the impression Uter is joining Definitely, like well, especially now he's got some gold. I think that uh, that'll help oh, him. Let's have Regal accompany him to ringside, weren't he? Well, he was meant to be on commentary for that match, wasn't he? Yeah, and then he, I'm guessing he did. There was a reason. Why. Maybe there was travel issues, like because he was, it was another. He was at GCW, wasn't he? he? Was probably trying to get across town. He, he was, he was hanging out with Nick Gage, and Nick Gage like was like telling him he had to stay, and you're not going to say no to Nick Gage. No, he's the king of the shit. Probably telling each other meth stories. <laughs> He's probably, probably teaching Nick Gage how to make a better fucking shank. <laughs> All right, then next up, we had a quick little hype video for Derby versus Andrade. I love how Andrade still refers to Derby as kid. Yeah. That's all I've got yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Not um, much else to talk about, really, is there? No. Uh, next up, then, Adam Cole, he's got a music hit, and... As we call them, Red Dragon came down dripping with gold, um, which they have hastily taped their names onto. And I think Kyle spelled his name Kyle. wrong or something. Wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah, the, the wrong way around. <laughs> uh, yeah, they opened... it, was good to see, um, it was good to see Kyle uh, guitar in a belt again, though. Yeah. I um, missed that. There were some balloons as well, came out of a box. Yeah, he had the box. I did say like party materials or something like, like that. Yeah, <laughs> he opens the box. There's just like five balloons. But God, he's made up with himself. Uh, made a good point. Well, he made what for him was a good point. He said the belts weren't stolen because you can't steal something that belongs to you. And AEW needs a new era. Mm. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, they referred themselves to the undisputed elite as well. Yes, they did. Uh, yeah, so, Oregon. so they just sort of fuck around for a bit, and then they, they say, "Yeah, Hangman and Red Dragon, uh, Hangman and Jurassic Express on here." Blah blah blah. And then um, we get uh, Hangman shows up in his Tesla with cattle horns on. That was fucking great. Yeah. So, I've got a quick question before we carry on with this. I know there's been a lot of criticism about the way Adam Cole's been kind of betrayed. What are your thoughts on it? I like it. I think it makes sense. I and the thing was when Undisputed Era started in NXT, you were very like geeky, weren't they? Yeah. Like there was that bit where the um did like the who attacked Alistair Black in the park in the car park. And there was the bit with the Undisputed Era leaving the building where they were in they were in like a convertible where Roddy Strong was driving. 
Adam Cole was doing the baby and they were listening to their entrance music. Yeah. And he had like the roof down and like just drove off. And it's like, yeah, the thing is that they're, they're serious in the ring. That's where they that's the yeah. whole point. Yeah, they're like they're like dumb fucking frat boys when they're out the ring, but when they're in the ring, they're fucking the the business. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know why people are like going, oh god, they're fucking ruining the three of them. So I, I, Did you watch the NXT? <laughs> Yeah, like, they're, they're, the, they're the exact same characters. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's really good. Yeah, so so Adam uh, Page wrecked in the ring, and then Lucha Boy Christian Cage and sorry Jungle Boy Christian Cage Soros appear as well. Uh, throw him in, give Bobby beat down. Uh, basically, the, the the sort of out the, up, the, the the whole point of all this is they lose the belts. Basically, they 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 have to bail out the ring and do a runner, and they leave the belts behind. So mm-hmm. the, the the championship celebration lasted about one week. Yeah, do you reckon any of those teams are going to win the belts? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, it, no. I still have I still have this theory that maybe, but I think they're moving away from this now that the Red Dragon were going to win the belts to sort of lord it over the books. I mean, they still could. Yeah, I think out out of the out of like the three of them. Red Dragon seem like the most likely. I don't think Cole's going to win the title yet. No, he's not quite there. He's not ready yet. There's, like I said, it's not that he's not ready. It's not that he doesn't deserve it. It's just that there's more. There's people in his way who are like have been built up more for it. Yeah, I feel. I feel as though Cole, like, he, I mean, I, I can see him winning the TNT title at some point. Definitely going back I, to the, going back to Battle of the Belts. Though we said this last week, I can totally and even more so now. I can totally see them doing a six man win and take all. Yeah, I feel like it's the easiest way for them to kind of handle that. Is just do it that way. It's, because, it's all into one match. It defends both two belts in one match. It's nice and easy for them. They can give it half an hour. Yeah, like because the, otherwise they'd be given the tag title match twenty minutes probably wouldn't they? They'd be given Cole and Page for half an hour. Yeah, and it means that, it means it means we're not just doing Colby Page again. Like same stipulation, same everything. Yeah, yeah, agreed. At least if they do um, when it takes all, it's it's a good way to kind of get it, like, just kind of put a bow on that feud and leave it for now. Um, I still think, I still think Cole and, um, well, the undisputed leases as they call themselves, are going to be in blood and guts in some form. I just think they're going to find someone else. Yeah, they could move that on. Oh, pardon me. Right then, moving on, we had Thunder Rosa out for an interview with Tony. This is a um, the one that got in- interrupted last week. And it was a really cool, um, really cool little face promo from Thunder Rosa. She refers mm. to the the the, four, the pillars of AW, but then she interestingly refers to herself as the foundation. Yeah, Ooh. you know, else is the foundation. <laughs> no, don't don't worry about it. Um, yeah, no, it might be uh, nothing. It might be something. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if it was something. No. And yeah, she basically calls out Nyla. So it looks like it's going to be Thunder Nyla uh, as the first sort of... Um, I think they end the third battle of the belts. That, I mean, like that, makes, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, which is yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. fine. Um, yeah. Then FTR backstage, like a very baby face promo. Yeah, they, they did another Bret Hart season, didn't they? Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but they did. And then they, they, officially, did something. they officially challenged the Young Boys to a rematch as well. I'm so excited for that. 
I'm, yep. I'm hoping the Bucks don't do too much fuckery. I want them to just have like a banger. Just banger. Yeah. Yeah, right. Then we'll move on to the big surprise of the night. The, oh, we'll say big surprise. The Owen Hart uh, qualifying match, the Bunny versus yeah. Mystery Opponent. Yeah. I, I was uh, fucking made for it. It was Tony Storm. Tony Storm walks out. She is yeah. all elite. She um she got a huge pop from that crowd. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like I was I was surprised by how I think everyone was like Jay Hart was as well, wasn't he? Like yeah. Jay, I was like, whoa, look, that's a big pop. Um I'm I'm made up for her though. I genuinely am. I think she absolutely fucking deserves it. Um she It's such was, a good she's such a good fit as well for AW. Yeah, like she was she was sort of used okay in NXT, but never really felt like she got like the wheels turning properly and then they moved her up to main roster and they just fucking criminally underused her and then oh, she man. had that back. She had yeah, like she... a banging Charlotte before she like left. She was getting like pied in the face and stuff on she and all sorts. And... Yeah. But yeah. like the fact that Charlotte Flair came out and was like, yeah, Tony Storm's like a generational talent. That yeah. says a fucking... Because Charlotte Flair don't like fucking giving out compliments very often. If, <laughs> if, she, if she is, she's making it fucking count. Yeah, it was, it was it was a really super fun match. Um, the bunny was just doing bunny things. She does that sort of evil heel shit really well, didn't she? And she was like really doing like, the nasty stuff, like scratching her back and also to like taking the shortcuts. And Storm was just yeah. plowing through basically. Um, the headbutt she hit to the to the chest near the end. Yeah, was, uh, that was a lot. Looks quite nice. Yeah, on it. Um, it was cooler. Um... They had Tony Storm as a face as well because I think she's better as a face. She she was largely a heel in NXT and she was really good at that role. But at the same time, it was like you just want to change, Tony, Tony, Tony Storm was like a really good sympathetic baby face, like just just they're selling alone. Like when she's like coming from under, it was yeah. just fucking great. Like uh, she, and she's showing it with this. Uh, it was lovely. Um, to see a hit proper Storm Zero and not not WWE version Storm Zero as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, like really nice. Uh, obviously, Storm Zero for the win. Yeah, really fun match. Um, I mean, no mm-hmm. one expected her to lose when she debuted, did, did they? So, no. It was, it was, yeah, really well done. And then backstage again, Tony's back. Tony must never fucking start running in, in these nights. They need to get him like a, a fucking segue or something, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, interviewing Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose. Um, Nyla said that she's the foundation and the cornerstone of the company since day one. Uh, she'll cement her legacy with Thunder Rose's blood. And then, lovely closing line, you seem to have a death wish, but allow me to grant it to you. I'll be a genie. Abracadabra, bitch. I love I love the Nyla shirt as well. Said surprise, bitch, on it. <laughs> yeah. But it was like made up from like a mask she wears when she enters. Um, uh, Nyla's just a tre- an absolute treat, isn't she? Oh, Nyla's brilliant. She's such a good talker. She's such a good wrestler. Um, again, I, she's someone I wish they'd use more. Like, she's just she's just fucking brilliant. She's just so so entertaining. Um, and she she's got such like a diverse style because she can work as like the powerhouse, but she can also like. If, if she's against someone who's like a similar side to her, like a Jade Cargill, she can work like a bit more of a quicker style. Yeah. Um, she's she's just she's just really good, and I think she's someone who not necessarily gets overlooked, but she's definitely like the gatekeeper of the women's division at the moment. I can't wait for her to just rag Thunder Rosa everywhere in that match. It'll be 
amazing. It'll be so much fun to watch. Yeah, I th- I think I think Thunder Rosa Nile is like going to be like a dark horse for one of the best matches of the year that AEW puts out. If I'm being honest, just because they've got like such a kind of good contrast of styles, and Thunder Rosa is going to just sell a fucking ass off, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, right then, we'll move on to the main event: uh, Andrade versus Darby. And this did not well. We were talking the other week about how Andrade needed a big statement win. Yeah. And well, here we are. Here we are indeed. Um, this match was banging. But it felt yeah. like, for the most part, Andrade was fairly comfortably on top here. Yeah. And I mean, when they did the, um, the triple threat with Darby and Sammy. They were kind of like treating Andrade like he was Thanos and Darby and Sammy were like the Avengers trying to like beat yeah. him down. Um, I mean, there was a big beat down before the match started. Darby got like really badly beaten up to the point where like by the time they got in the ring to start the match, the ref was like, do you want to actually do the match? Darby was like, yeah, yeah, bring it on. Like from his back while screaming in pain. Um, yeah. He did that nasty like sort of suplex onto the steps, didn't he? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was... It was hard to watch the times as much, but it was fucking good. Um, this this actually it wasn't on the level. It wasn't quite on the obviously it wasn't on the level, but in terms of the dynamic, it felt very much like Andrade Gargano. Yeah, it it did actually. That's a very very good way of describing it. In a sort um, of like condensed TV sort of format of it. Yeah. Um, I think this was a really good showing for both guys. Um, as as you said, Andrade, someone who really needed kind of like a big statement win. And beating a guy who's, again, I don't like using the term gatekeeper, but Derby does feel like the gatekeeper. Well, no, I wouldn't actually beating a guy like that. The, the, the way I described Derby is protected. Yeah, but like, I mean, he, he seems to be like the guy that like he put... Um, a lot of the um he's one of those like just under the main event level kind of guys that they've got a couple of yeah he's like, like the, whenever, whenever you fight one of them it's like they're like the next step up from like the regular part of the roster yeah he's like he's like the guy that they kind of put like the like guys they want to try and start elevating up against yeah. and either they give him a good show like not to say like they want to elevate punk but like the fact that punk's first opponent kind of added that Sort of creed out to him, yeah. Um, I love um, I love this little, little spot, like sort of midway through the match, where they just started slapping the shit out of each other in the middle of the ring. Yeah, like really hard, and then they, they both just like knocked themselves to the floor at the same time, which was that was a beautiful little exchange. I really enjoyed that. There was a really good spot as well where Andrade was about to whip Darby with his belt. Um, Remsberg takes it off him, and then Darby takes his own belt off it off, and uh, just like trips Andrade up and yeah, then rolls like- him up. Ties his feet up with it, doesn't he? Um, and hits the stunner, the over the top stunner as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the finish was there's a little bit of fuckery, so it kind of protects Darby a little bit. So, like, Jose comes mm. down and Sting chases him off, but then the butcher and the blade come out. Darby takes them out from the outside, and then he goes back onto the top rope for a coffin drop on Andrade, but he's had time to sort of regroup. And then Andrade gets catched Darby out of the air and hits him with a hammerlock, which is oof. yeah, those are really good. Um, as well, code uh, code red spot in this match. Yes, yeah, there was. I've just remembered about where like Darby uh, didn't he didn't he like jump into the ring and like 
it was, was it very, it was real smooth the way they did it. It was it was yeah, like in one fluid like motion. Didn't he? And he just caught him as he was going over him and hit yeah. him with it. It was fucking awesome. Like and Andrade is like so good. Again, when we were talking about Ring of Honor, where like it's it can be used as a place for guys who aren't necessarily getting the, the TV time. Love to see Andrade have like a little run in Ring of Honor, just tear through some of the mid like mid card there, just yeah, there's been a lot of talk about Andrade's booking in, in AW, but I, I really like where he is. Though. I think he's having a, he's, he's clearly having a, a fantastic time. He's really enjoying himself. Yeah, like it, it's weird because he does feel very stop start, but at the same time, I think that he's at the point now where he's he's starting to come into his own and like really establish himself. Yeah. Uh, right. So before we move on to Rampage, do you want to, going to be any highs or lows for Dynamite? Well, we we didn't say about uh, the, oh, the post match. Yeah, we're like ba- basically it just sets up a uh, butcher and the blade versus Hardys for a table match. Yes, yeah, the Hardys. So after the match, uh, Sting checks on Derby. Uh, they attack him. Private party come out to join in. Then the Hardys run out to make the save with chairs, and mm. they get basically get it down to just Mark Quinn in the ring. He gets a twist of fate and a swanton. This is the new Jeff Hardy swanton where he lands like on the guy's like face. He's been doing that for a while, to be fair. Yeah, apparently they were saying like, apparently it just really fucking hurts to do it the other way. So he's like, I'm going to do it this way instead. I'm just like, okay. Yeah, so it's a bone more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right then, yeah. Um, Highs and lows, please, Jay, if you've got any. My high was Danielson versus Utah. I really enjoyed that much. I thought it was just fucking great. Really fun. Um, Did I have a low? We didn't have any Sammy and Ty on the show, did we? No, there was no American top team. The only JK bit was him getting fucking poleaxed by Ortiz. Um, I don't think I had the low then. No, there's all there's only main culprits. Oh, I mean, what can you? What yeah, do, what do you? I'd even decide. There were like one. No, I didn't have a low. There were five. There were five max on the show, and you could argue that they were all worthy of being back to the night in some capacity. Yeah, I felt like it was a show full of bangers. The the one that I liked the most was Danielson Utah, and that's just down to personal preference. Um, but I mean, like on any given day, if the, if there was like if if it was any other dynamite, probably one of those matches would have been my uh, my pick. I'm going to give a massive honourable mention to Tony Storm's debut. Because that felt yeah. like the, that, that fucking no, I'll go for that. That felt like the biggest moment of the night. I'll give that the um, I'll give that yeah, give that, I'll give yeah, it to that. It was, it was it was a really nice moment. Like she looked made up when she came out, and she looked, she looked like really that. emotional when she won as well. Like she looked, yeah, which was lovely. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll give a special a special mention to Andrade versus Derby. So that was also excellent. Yeah, and and Mox Lethal as well. As soon as as soon as they announced Derby Andrade one on one, I was like, oh shit, because like Derby likes. A scary move, and Andrade's whole thing now is just throwing himself to the ring outside outside the ring. Yeah, there, there was a lot of just upsetting spots at the start of that match, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, props to the guys for putting on an absolute banger to end the show. Right on to Rampage. Uh, we started out. I mean, I say we started out. They're already in the ring. We start out with the Young Bucks versus Top Flight. Yeah, buddy. And it all comes full circle because this was Top Flight's first ever match in AW. Mm-hmm. Remember it when? Um, remember when? When Darius got injured, and we were like, "Oh yeah, Dante is well better," isn't he? and then Darius came back and was like, "Fuck you! All. I'm going to show you what I'm doing." Yeah, like <laughs> Darius is so fucking good. 
Like that, that, um, that standing Spanish fly he did was oh, beautiful. Yeah, when when he did the um, there was like that spot on the outside where he was like chasing um, he was chasing Nick around, and Nick gets behind Brandon and Brandon ducks and then he, uh, he like rolls up the way of like Nick's suit uh, clothesline and yeah. walks into the big as well. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, this like, match. It, if I ever say it, to you, Young Bucks versus Top Flight. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. It was fucking excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very excited for that. Um, did you see what got announced for uh, PWG's next show today as well? Oh, well, tough life for Aussie Open. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, Ooh, <laughs> that's going to fucking bang. Uh, the, the only thing I'll say, the, the biggest sort of, the best thing I can say about this match in the way it really, I think it put tough life over as much as it could. The books kind of won out of nowhere. There was no posturing. There was no fucking around. It was just like they were like shit. They just hit the BZ trigger real quick for the win. That that was a really smooth transition though. Yeah. Where um was it that Darius was going for a backslide, wasn't he? Yeah. Or roll. It was a roll up of some kind, and Nick just like rolls out with maintains wrist control and hits the BZ trigger. Um, well, there was there was no they didn't have time to fucking play to the crowd or piss about or anything they was like they really put top flight over as a, as was, a serious opponent there was a massive sense of agency I think I feel like now top flight are back together Um, I, I feel as though like they're going to really strap the rocket to them here yeah absolutely uh, um, they've looked fantastic since they come back yeah I can't wait to see what we, 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 we get from top flight going forward um, after that, then we had a little quick vignette showing Chris Statlander, the other side of Chris Statlander, as you were saying. Spoiled this already a bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see where it's going. Um, speaking of seeing where things are going, we've got Dan Lambert, Paige Van Zandt, Ethan Page, and Sky oh, in the ring. Oh, um, I mean, I did enjoy some of the, some of the, um, what you call it, some of the, the wanking jokes they made about Orange Cassidy. Yeah, that made me laugh. Um, <laughs> Which seemed a bit random, but still. Page fans had fans on saying he was freshly squeezed. That made me laugh. Then Ethan um, Page asking, "Is that how he hurt his shoulder?" <laughs> um. Yeah, but just. Basically, they take the piss. Out, they pay the piss out of Ty and Sammy, and basically, I think Sammy wants a rematch, doesn't he, for the TNT title? And like, Scorpio's like, yeah. "No, you're not, you're not going to get one." And then they they go all Street Fighter on the on Lambert's car outside. Yeah, I, I just, I, I just don't like the whole Ty and Sammy. Because it feels the characters feel so weird. Because like they feel like you've taken Sammy Guevara. You literally took wholesome Ty Conti and made it like, yeah, I like the sex. <laughs> and it's like, the, it's like one of the things that people like criticize Angsty Two Point about, and it's like they're trying to add that in. And yeah, it's weird because like, like Sammy shouldn't be a face. No, Sammy's too much of a prick to be and a face. Ty is like the most natural baby face on the roster. Yeah, but having to act like more like Sammy yeah. makes it really unlikable. Trying to pull them both into the middle. So trying to pull Sammy more face than he should be and trying to push Ty more heel than she should be and it doesn't really fit either of them. No. The, I, as I say, it, it's it's like the Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch thing. Where, yeah. WWE kind of insisted on making that an angle because, like, oh, did you know that Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are world champions? But their characters champion? didn't mesh because no, 
and obviously like, didn't because they're not they're not their actual characters, mate. You know, when they're home, they're not Seth and yeah. Neil and Becky. It just it just doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't go together. It's just because they're, they're together in real life doesn't mean their characters that they're portraying at that moment in time are going to have the sort of chemistry, which Sammy and Ty weirdly don't. Even though I'm sure they get on very well in public or private, they probably just do the sex all the time. But uh, from their pro wrestling character point of view, they, their characters just don't have any chemistry whatsoever. They don't mesh. No, no, they really don't, and it's just. I, I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed Ty when she was like doing her stuff with Anna and like being like the sort of like really like fiery like fiery Just baby face, wholesome Re- ass kicker Ty Conti. Yeah, reminded me a bit of a bit of like baby face Brian Danielson. Yeah, like that. That's how that's the kind of vibe I got off it. And then now when it's like. Good for them. They're fucking in a happy relationship. Well done, them. I don't need to fucking hear about that. Like when they're trying to like sell a feud, I want. I'd rather hear about like Sammy being driven to get the belt back and have Ty fucking working her way through the women's division to get to like back either back to facing Jade or back to facing Thunder Rosa. Yeah, absolutely. Like. Like they've, for me, it feels like they've kind of damaged both of them in one fell swoop. Yeah. And just, it, it's it, it, honestly, it really makes me want to just fucking turn off the TV when I'm watching them. <laughs> uh, right, tell you what moment you want to turn off the TV though. Hook doing a backstage interview. However, before yeah. he could before he could finally speak and let us all know how sad I think if I think if Hook speaks, like Black Bolt, the world would just fucking explode. Yeah. Uh, before before he could speak, Danhausen came in and tried to curse him, and once again, didn't work. Danhausen was just stood there, like looking at his hands, like it normally works. I, I, I love, I love that they're like literally like hooks too cool to be cursed. <laughs> yeah, just no selling Danhausen's curse. So, all right, yeah. okay. Yeah, especially when like you've got the books on BT selling like how, how bad Danhausen's curse was for them. Like Matt, like my hair's falling out. <laughs> Does that mean do you reckon is, is Danhausen gonna be Hooks is Hook gonna be Danhausen's first program? I really don't want that to happen. <laughs> I, I want I want Danhausen's first pro I I, th- I I feel as if it's weird because Danhausen's like pretty much like in the best friends now, isn't he? Yeah. Which in is chaos like, with Yeah, which is like a perfect fit. Like really is. Um but at the same time, like I wouldn't be against seeing Dan Housen joining, like, swerving uh, Keith Lee against Team Taz if that's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, fair. But, but also, I feel as if, like, just, just, no, no, let's leave, leave Dan Housen and hook apart because... Because I, I don't want either of them to lose. I don't, I don't want Dan Housen to basically be a jobber. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd rather Dan Housen, like, actually, because... One of the main criticisms he got when he was signed was, who the fuck's this guy? Can he even wrestle? And the answer to that is, Dan Housen can fucking go. Yeah. Wait till he wait till he's fucking cleared, which, judging by his vlog, it's coming. Oh, yeah. Uh, right then, next up, if you want to feel better about life, we've got the House of Black versus Fuego and Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. This did make me happy. This made me do very much happy. Um, um, there was so much nice in this, wasn't there? It was like it's just nice to see you know, Grayson on TV first. Yeah, when this man match got announced, I said, "I hope they just give us Buddy and Stu just going at it for a couple of minutes." And, and they did. The and they literally yeah. gave us that right at the very start. Um, 
this fucking match devolved into just chaos as well, which was amazing. Like, there was a bit where Malachi was kicking Uno so hard in the head. I was like, oh. <laughs> it, it was making me do a sad. And, like, House of Black's, like, my fucking happy place. Like, if House of Black are making me sad, then that's, that shows how hard he's kicking Uno. Kicking Uno so hard, he's going to think he's playing Uno again. Uno's head was, like, jerking from the kicks. It was, like, horrible. Little it's going to be Chase's steer on the ring with a game cartridge. It's <laughs> gonna, uh, gonna just it's got blown on. So the match sort of ended with uh, Fuego, like like last time with Fuego in the ring, um, with all three members of the House of Black, and but then Uno and Grace sort of evenly evened it up, so they pulled out um, Buddy and Brody, yeah, and left we Malachi. Got the, we got like a mini hoss fight between Brody and Uno. Yeah, that was quite nice. But Brody's just too too big though, and he? he's too hoss. For anyone to handle. I love how Jericho seems like legitimately scared of him as well. I, I love the fact that like so many people, like as soon as Brody King became avail- available, so many people are like, yeah, you should probably you could, should probably sign Brody King. Yeah. Like even like Punk wanted them to, then Yeah. Uh so Fuego hits a poison rana on Malachi, which was kind of wild. Yeah, I, I I was getting the fear that Fuego was going to pin Malachi, and it's not against Fuego. It's just nope. Can we not? No, I don't um, want it. But then um, uh, he, he went, I he feel went... I feel Take... like Fuego to just have the Fuego versus Fraction more and more. <laughs> Fuegos. So yeah, Fuego went for a um, he went for a ton of DDT, and as he came off the ropes, Malachi just kicked his soul out of his body. Oh, that was so good. That was fucking. That was one of the best black masses I think he's ever hit. It was like in midair, and he goes, and Fuego did that so where his knees yeah. just went limp, and he just like landed on his knees and just crumpled backwards. And he just stands there and just looks at him and then pins him dead casually. He looked at him for about, it was Triple H on Booker T, he looked at him for about 10 seconds. And yeah. then he just, just like kneeled on him and like didn't even, didn't even hook the legs, didn't, didn't like, you know, cover the shoulders. I, I think like he's, he's mastered kicking Fuego with that, that kick, hasn't he? Yeah. Like he, he did the one where like he originally fractured the Fuego verse when oh when, when he came Nightmare, the ramp. yeah when when Nightmare Family Fuego came out yeah and it was like oh god no he's a very very we need to prove him um so yeah really fun match uh, House of Black won which is great good to see uh, the entrance still slaps I love it um oh, anytime Malachi is kicking the soul out of people's bodies I'm having a great time just end of I yeah I absolutely adore the House of Black the the best thing in for me, they're more Blackpool Combat Club are the best thing in wrestling right now. Yeah. Fair. Um moving on then we have the Young Bucks backstage. Uh, I love this promo. They were running down a list of accolades and they were like, Oh yeah, you think we're talking about FTR, we're not, we're talking about us. Yeah. But also, um I love the fact that Brandon kept trying to add belts that he forgot about. <laughs> and Nick was like fucking Walter from the Big Lebowski, like, shut up, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they said the only thing the FDR haven't done is beat the Young Bucks and so they accept the challenge and they'll face one down with so yeah fair enough uh, this, at this time of recording they hadn't yet won the RH title so it was just for the AAA titles but they added the RH titles later so it'll be for all yeah. the belts uh, next up yeah. then um, what first... was interesting as well which um, we forgot to mention was the Bucks wore the exact same gear yes uh, um, they came to Dallas in as well Oh, they teleported, mate. Did you not see BTA? Teleport on BTA. That was just a nice touch, wasn't it? 
yeah. I like that bio as well. I was like, oh shit, I thought we were doing all in two. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, next up then, Jimmy Hayter versus Sky Every Blue, another women's heart women's tournament qualifier. Uh, first of all, the big crime at the start of this, they cut off all the didn't have any entrance music, so no Jimmy Hayter's banging entrance team. It's always a crime when they don't do that. Yeah, this is a fun match. More, um, more, more of a crime than when they cut off Kaze Nina, right? Yeah, but the, the Suzuki incident, as, as it became known. Yeah. Uh, this, this was a fun match. Sky Blue is pretty good, but she just doesn't have the power and thickness of Jamie Hater. Yeah, Sky, Sky Blue's definitely wants a lot, though, and she like, oh, God, yeah. she seems like she's, she's definitely like going to be someone who's going to be up there in a few years' time. She wrestles... Um, uh, she wrestles above her years. Yeah, yeah. She's she like she's seem- like twenty, and she wrestles like she's been doing this for ten years. Yeah, she does seem way more experienced than she actually is. Um, she'd be a good fit for Ring of Honor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they want to build like a like because Roxy was like a young champion. They want to bring up like a young division of women. Well, Roxy was like nineteen, wasn't she? Yeah. Just get Willow Knight to go back. Yeah. That's all, I, that's, that's all I want. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, Hater, Hater obviously sort of led the match for the most part. Uh, she probably fought out a couple of times, but then Hater hit a brain buster and a... Did she hit the Lariat as well? She's a, she a Rainmaker. Just one Rainmaker. Just one. Just one Rainmaker. Just one. And then the ra- the, the banging music restarted. Yes, yeah, so Hater wins. Yeah, mm. good, good solo match. Nothing, nothing you know, um, out of this world, but yeah, just good at 10. Yeah. Let me go. Get spooky, boys. Spooky Boys backstage. Uh, Alexander Hantos is still listening to that new Ghost album. Yeah. He's got it on Rick. That's all he's playing in his car. He's driving his missus mad. Um, kids don't want to talk to him anymore. They, they, won't, they, they, won't, they will empty him to school. <laughs> they get the bus instead. <laughs> They're like, he, he drops the kids off at school with like the fucking robes on. <laughs> it was a car like, like, spoon, like mist spills out. Yeah. He's, he's uh, been given a disciplinary from a uh, QVC for showing up in his robe. <laughs> like, why is Penzer in the car when he's taking the kids to school? Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> just bleed, I like I this, though. Uh, basically, you're saying House of Black shouldn't forget about Death Triangle. And if you continue to play with Fuego, you'll get burned. Fuego means fire. So, yeah. There you do, go. You reckon, do you reckon that's going to be Blood and Guts? Blood and Guts is coming in it. Like, Blood and Guts is coming. I don't think it'll be that. I think, this, I think they just, they're just desperate to do proper Death Triangle versus House, uh, House of Black. Yeah, but they could get House of Black versus Death Triangle, bring Redbeard back, get Fuego in there, why not? I've heard Dark Fuego. Dark Fuego. Get Julia in. Uh, and then who do they who do they add to the house just to Julia? <laughs> just have Julia go full of Lex of Bliss. Yeah. Spooky spooky varsity blonde. Get Bray in there, why not? <laughs> Win them. Um, uh, so yes, I went, uh, just like that, it was time for, well, it's not time for the main event, it's time for Mark Henry. Um, and damn again, Hob- the main event. Hobbs, with, Hobbs just cut Mark Henry off, so why don't you ask me a question first? Because I'm not in Texas. Oh, man. Hobbs, uh, that's another person, I see I didn't say before, when we were talking about people who like helping Hobbs, like, you've got to believe Mark fucking, like, in his ear all yeah. the time. Like he's he's got a fucking great lane and she's a lane from to become like a star in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, uh, and in, in a match sent down from heaven for me personally. 
<laughs> we have Keith Lee versus Powerhouse Hobbs in the main event. This was fucking awesome. This, this was, was this was everything that Lashley Omar should have been. If this if this wasn't on the same night as FTR versus the Briscoes, this would have been my match of the night. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, so they started out just running into each other, trying to sort of, and then eventually like sort of bouncing off each other, and then Lee took Hobbs through the ropes to the outside. Um, Lee went for the little cheeky spirit bomb. It's the first time I've seen that in yeah. AW. Uh, first time I've seen him try that. They couldn't quite couldn't quite manage it. Uh, some massive power spots here. So like Hobbs hit a power slam. Um, Lee just beals Hobbs like three quarters of the way across the ring, which is insane. Yeah, that was, was absolute that bar- madness. There was that uh, barricade spot where Hobbs pounced Lee into Keith Lee into the barricade. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was the back body drop Wild. as well, which looked like it killed both men. Yeah. Yeah, Hobbs didn't even use his fucking hands. He just used his back string. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I want more of this. So much more of this. I, I yeah. feel like... This is nowhere, like this is nowhere near over, and I'm, I'm really glad. Oh, well, absolutely. You're getting a tag team of Keith Lee and Swear versus uh, Team Taz. Yeah. So the finish of this match was great. So basically, it's, it looks like um, Lee's getting the upper hand, and Hobbs is just like, I've had enough. Uh, no, Stark's like, I've had enough of this. So he runs down to the ring with a chair, gets up on the apron, goes to hit Keith Lee with a chair. Keith Lee just punches out of his hand. Yeah. And Stark's facial Stark. expressions. Oh, I was my God. Say, Keith Lee and Stark's are like two of the best facial expressions guys like around the moment. Stark's facial so- expressions was just, it was a mixture of like shock, awe, and panic all at the same time. Yeah, and then Swerve comes out and just fucking does a murder on Starks. Yeah. And then as that's going on, the ref's trying to was, sort of... Was Starks open as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Starks was bleeding when the, when the camera got back to him. And so as all that's going on, Hobbs hits the spine buster, but the ref's outside. Taz is out there as well for some reason, and the ref's trying to restore order. So by the time Hobbs gets the referee back in the ring, Lee hits that sort of fireman's carry jackhammer thingy, which hasn't got a name yet. Katar. Big bang catastrophe, that's the one. I mean, fair play from hitting that on Hobbs as well, Jesus Christ. Well, actually, according to Fightful, he's calling it Ground Zero and AW. All right. No, uh, no. He did call it bang catastrophe in WWE. No, no BBC in AW. No, not allowed. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because, like, obviously there's the connotation of BBC, but in, in the brewing world, uh, BBC is the type of hot pellet you can buy as well. It is. So I would, I would make that joke on the regular. Um yeah, I mean, what a fucking main event! Jesus Christ, oh, this was this was yeah. this was just like designed to appeal predominantly. You know when Homer designs that shit car to appeal yeah. just to him. This is like designed just for me. It was fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel I feel like it's a shame that you're not going to that progress at a host tournament. I don't think my heart could take it. I think it's for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Two days of host fights. Yeah, I'd be I'd be spent. I'd be like I'd be like Nath after a re-ripping marathon. <laughs> oh god I hope not listens to this just for that fucking one <laughs> um, but yeah <laughs> what, main event was everything I wanted it to be I mean we all after the match they have like a beat down as well don't they and like um, Swerve gets hit by a chair and uh, Hobbs spears Keith Lee through a table I mean this is just going to just uh, escalate uh, Roach Gambo would Swerve through the table as well yes yeah that was that was so I, mean, I assume he, he got him from like a, like a, 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 a he picked him up off the floor basically didn't he just deadlifted him 
Yeah, like which was Starks was definitely strong as a big man. Yeah, that was that was lovely. He's like the littlest boss. But yeah, this was um, just, everything about this was just great. Do you reckon we're getting a, um, a tables match? Between those two. I, mean, was, I don't know because they're just doing a tables match next week, aren't they, with the Bush and the Blade? So maybe not. Because I don't. Uh, but I mean, there's certainly I mean, there's, there's certainly a lot of table action uh, with between these two teams. They, they did um, they did the tornado tag. Um, they did two tornado tag matches like two weeks running. So yeah, yeah, I suppose yeah. two tables matches. Right before we take it to the question. Before we take it to questions, do you want uh, to give me any highs and lows? Um, my low, as always, which will remain to be the case until they fucking wind it in, is uh, Sammy and Ty's shit with American Top Team. I'm just done with it already. Um, my high, you know what? Just because I know your yours is going to be fucking the horse fight to to give something else its flowers. I'm going to say the House of Black versus Fuego and. Stu and Grayson. Fair. Uh, right, yeah, I same. Same, I'm going to have the, the Sammy stuff down. Fucking get it away from me. Kill it with fire. Um, and the high, I mean, as much as I really want to swerve you, lol, and pick Top lol. Flight versus the Bucks, I have to give it to the house. I have to give it big to the house. Top Flight versus the Bucks as well. Big meaty men slapping meat. Yeah. Was there all, any doubt? It's what we all want. Was there ever any doubt? That I was going to pick Gas. <laughs> uh, right before we before we close it out, we've got a couple of questions, all from Sarah. Um, it's something we talk yeah. about very briefly here. But you, you can expand on it if you'd like to. Uh, who is Danhausen's first opponent? Oh, it's probably going to be Hook. Um, well, first like of all, who, who who would you like it to be? Well, I was about to say that uh, I'd like it to be someone like just, just someone who can take the loss, like Fuego. In my head, I've got like Cutler. Oh, Cutler! Cutler would be perfect because they'd have like a comedy match. Yeah, like Cutler, Cutler selling like getting fed teeth in the tequila dance. <laughs> it'd, be it'd be fucking yeah, Cutler, absolutely. Brandon Cutler is the perfect fucking person for that. Um, uh, next question then. Or Peter Avalon. Peter or yeah, Peter Avalon would be good. Uh, yeah. Next question: When is Andrew Daddy getting a belt? I think before the year is out, he'll be TNT champion. I, I, I could see that. Um, yeah. Or I don't. They, it, I don't think. I don't think he's going to get into the world title picture just yet. I think he's going to probably be TNT champion. If soon. they are bringing in trios belts, and what if they just bring the RH ones in because they've already got some? Yeah, that's not much else. Uh, I'd like to see him. That's as a tri- point, there's, there's not one that says he can't be fucking like ROH TV champion. Uh, Suzuki ain't holding that for a while. Oh, imagine Andrew Daddy v Suzuki. Jesus Christ, that'd be like that, well, that'd be that'd be um, that'd be a fraught match, wouldn't it? Jesus, Suzuki's only going to hold that belt for his murder tour, isn't he? Yeah, his murder tour ends in like May, so he's probably going to drop it around double or nothing. That might be good. That'd be really good. I think there's, uh, I think there's a there's a good chance that he will hold up. There's a very good chance he'll hold a belt before the end of the year. I think there's a slightly higher chance it'll be a ring of honor belt. Yeah, I think. I think that now I've said that the TV title seems like a logical choice. Yeah, because he can just defend that on Dynamite as well if he wants to. That's not defend a on Dynamite, Rampage, ROH TV when he, that comes back. Although, for my personal but fantasy booking, give me Private Party and Andrade as trios champions. Yeah. Or Butcher and the Blade and Andrade. 
Yeah, I think I think they're more like established by themselves. I think like pushing the blade. I think it makes more sense to have like the younger guys as like Andrade as their mentor as the team. I'd I'd quite like to see just to get sidetracked from the the actual question. I'd quite like to see private parties ROH tag champs. Oh yeah, I think yeah. give them like ROH tag championships. I think <sighs> the the problem that they've kind of got themselves in is FTR. Who do they lose those belts to? It's all these guys. Probably going to be Tully's guys, isn't it? Could be Tully's guys, yeah. Look, Tully, Tully Retribution. Again, I'd be yeah. fine with that, especially if the books interfere and like super kick them or something, you know. Yeah, and then it gives Khan and um and Tully on something to do, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, right then, lastly, in Cody's interview with Ariel, if you've seen, have you seen that? His interview did it on Sunday. Uh, he basically said he's not been approached by anyone from AW about jumping ship. But when it happens, he'll be honest and give them honest advice. But he said he already knows in his mind who he thinks is going to come and talk to him. Uh, who do you think he could have been talking about? Well, she, she said he used the word superstars. Uh, MJF. Probably MJF, isn't it? Mm-hmm. MJF and Wardlow are the two that spring to mind for me. Uh, I doubt less likely Wardlow, but given what he said, um, maybe Brit. Ricky Starks? Great. Brit possible? Nah, I don't think Brit would. She seems to um, she wants. In I, I'm trying to think. So Cody's kind of got like his like inner circle of boys, doesn't he? So he's got like MJF. He's, he's, he's weirdly tight with Ricky. Isn't he? Like, Ricky Starks and Preston Vance, the two guys. Vance, Vance is a actually. I don't think Preston would, purely based on the kind of like lineage with Brody in mm. AW. Yeah, possibly. I, He's quite close with like the Huber family anyway, isn't he? Yeah. I feel like he'd stay because he'd want to tag with negative one. Um we already said he'll be his he'll be his first match, didn't he? When he... Exactly. Um, when he gets to AW. Yeah, I, I think um Ricky Starks and MJF are the two that spring to mind, although Ricky Starks has also been very vocal about not wanting to go to WWE based on the fact that they turned him down like multiple times and then as soon as he had that match in AEW they tried to sign him. Yeah. And he, he kind of like felt felt like it was a bit of a um a fuck you. Uh also the other the other one would be uh, there's a lot of people in the nightmare factory. Yes. Um who aren't signed to AEW who might Talk to Cody and Mike and Cody might put a good word in. One we've heard a lot of, but never seen because she's had mad injury problems like Brooke Havoc. She's never really wrestled because she had like two bats back to back injuries. But she's meant to be like yeah. the standout she, from the first class, wasn't she? Came, she did her ACL and she came back and did her other ACL, didn't she? Or something. I think so, yeah, so it was two bad knee things. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. Um, I mean, the, the obvious one's MJF, isn't it? Fine, fine. It's a, it's a big, it's a big. It's a big wrench, but they can have Aaron Solo. Hey, to be fair, he's he's tight with Aaron Solo as well. Yeah, Aaron Solo got the PS5. That's uh, and a series, and a series X. He's got the hookup apparently. Yeah, and also Aaron Solo's on his on his Halo team. Yeah, he's one of the Hogmen. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It's it's hard, isn't it? I think MJF's the obvious one because he's been very vocal about the whole I'm going to be the top free agent of 2024 and he seems to like he, he seems to be kind of sticking to his guns about letting his contract expire 
because he knows there's going to be a bid and war and he knows he's going to get a fuck ton of money from either company. From someone, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if Cody's if Cody's there as well, he can kind of protect MJF to a degree if MJF does jump ship to the WWE. Yeah. Uh, as I say, that's the logical one. As far as who's a superstar, out of the people that cover these kind of tight with stocks would be the, the main one for me. Yeah, well, for you, it would be. Well, no, in general, <laughs> start, like, start waiting to happen. Yeah. Like, he, he's got everything. He's got the charisma. He's a fucking great wrestler. Has he got the size for WWE? Would, would the one to be a bit bigger? That's where that's where I'd be worried. But then he's not He's not the smallest guy. No, but Jake Hager looked fucking average size in WWE. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I think that's where it's potentially where Starks is in danger of like going to WWE. Then look at MJF; he's not the biggest guy either, is he? No, no, but he's like average size, or at least like next to Punk. He looks like normal, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, right, there, I think that's going to wrap it up. I think that'll do Punk's, us. Punk's the same height as me. You saying CM Punk to go back as well? No, I'm just, <laughs> just said MJF looked like normal size next to Punk. I was like, Punk's the same height as me. Uh, right, yeah, we'll wrap it up there then. Um, before we do, just a quick last little thought. Um, obviously, Cody Rhodes debuted at WrestleMania this week. Uh, he's back in WWE. If, you, if, you're, if you're tempted to, to sort of tweet anything nasty at Cody or have bad thoughts about him, just remember when he was booked in his match against Brody Lee. Brody came up to him and asked him very humbly if he could beat him with a hook in the leg, and Cody said yes. So... Mm-hmm. So he's he's a yeah, top, he's, he's a top lad. At the end of the day, like I've been making a few jokes like on our Discord about how Cody like has said all this said all this stuff when he was in AEW about oh I'll retire here and uh, and oh yeah, there's these people that want to face and then he's left and he said like the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, like he's done what's best for himself and his family. Like clearly. There was something that wasn't right for him in AEW anymore. Well, they, they asked him on, the, on this podcast. He said to him, and he said, "He said I've I've done pretty much everything I wanted to do here. I've, I've wrestled everyone I wanted. To, I said I wanted to wrestle. Didn't wrestle thing. No, but he went like new guys, yeah. like all the guys coming up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I think. I mean, I I don't necessarily think it's the last that we'll see of Cody and AEW. I think. It all hinges on how WWE books them, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. Like I, they, I, they could. From what from what Tony said, the doors still always open for him if he wants to come back. Yeah, and the the fact that the fact that Cody had to put in his fucking contract with WWE, no Stardust, please. <laughs> That's worrying. It, and you have to say no Stardust. That's upsetting. The fact that Cody had to put so many demands in his contract shows how like little trust he has for the company. He just obviously he's got unfinished business there. Um he'd kind of put himself like pigeonholed himself in AEW with the whole Cody Bears and saying he wouldn't challenge for the world title. Yeah. At the end of the day, guys do guys doing what's best for him, best for his family, more power to him. He had a great match at WrestleMania. Um he was very it was very exciting seeing Cody enter with all the bells and whistles. That's fucking huge. Yeah, it was it, it was it was a generally awesome moment in a WrestleMania that was yeah. quite short on awesome moments. He cuts a very very Cody like when Cody's good at doing good promos. 
promo on Raw last night, um, talking about like how the one thing that eluded Dusty was the WWE title and he wants to win it, etc. Fair play to him. Best yeah. of luck. If you, if you don't like WWE like we like, well, I say I'd say I don't like WWE. I I want it to do well because a high tide rises all ships. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't like WWE, you don't like Cody, go watch something else. There's plenty of good stuff around the moment. Right. And just be cool like Ricky Starks. Just be cool like Ricky Starks. That's all we can ask. On that note then, we'll call it a day. Thank you all very much for joining us this week. We'll be back next week with some more AW goodness. Uh, obviously, hopefully everyone's excited for some Mojo tomorrow. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, so we'll see you all real soon. Take care and enjoy your wrestling. Bye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast house in the Untitled Wrestling Podcast House. Here.